Hey, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Today's show, we have to talk about the NFL quarterbacks. Where does this leave Kirk Cousins? You got Lamar Jackson. A lot of speculation about what's going on in the NFL, but teams are already saying we're out on the Lamar Jackson lottery. We don't even want to help negotiate his contract with the Baltimore Ravens, which could be a little bit of collusion, but we'll jump into that. And also, the Gophers men's basketball team tonight faces Nebraska in the Big Ten tournament. What does Ben Johnson need to do? What does this Gopher team, Gophers team needs to look like? And it looks like they're going to put a lot of younger players on the floor tonight versus Nebraska. How can this help or hurt Ben Johnson's future as the Gophers head coach? We'll talk about that next coming up on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. This is the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. We're going to have Sam Extra, my producer, join us in a short bit. But remember, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Just visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On today to get started. And remember, March 12th, Selection Sunday, that's going to be the biggest week of the year. You got so much basketball, so many parlays, so many bets. We're gonna come along right as long. We're gonna come right alongside of you, and we're gonna give away a little bit of our money as well. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. As I brought up today's show, we have to talk about the NFL quarterback. We have to talk about the Gophers basketball team. They're playing today in the Big Ten Championship, and we have Joker Phillips, former Gophers wide receivers coach, now current college uh, receivers coach, also coached in the NFL with the Cleveland Browns. So he has a lot to say about the NFL draft, college football, NILs. And why is Justin Jefferson the best receiver or what makes him one of the best receivers in the NFL? We'll go right to the horse's mouth to a a receiver's coach who can give us a little insight on Justin Jefferson. And I want you guys to remember, you can download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just whatever your device is, just go to your apps, search Locked On Sports Minnesota. You can download our app right to your TV. You can get all of our videos, right, uh, all of our shows. Take it on your iPad. Take it wherever you go. And remember, you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcast. But as we jump in, Sam Ekstrom is going to join me on the show. Sam, the NFL quarterback, like I remember the days of Kirk Cousins showing up to Minneapolis, uh, telling the New York Jets, no, thank you, uh, going to the steakhouse, Rick Spillman taking them out, and all of a sudden fans are like, what, Kirk Cousins, $84 million? What? what, Kirk Cousins, $100 million? Now you're giving Daniel Mathiasen Jones, I don't even know what his middle name is, but Daniel Jones <laughs> Just earned himself $160 million in four years. That's $40 million per year. Lamar Jackson wants probably something close to that. And the Ravens decide to franchise him, which puts him in a $32.4 million contract for the year if he does go back to the the, uh, Ravens. But there is 
the non-exclusive tag. So meaning any other team can offer Lamar Jackson a contract and then the Ravens have the opportunity to match it. If they let him go because it's a non-exclusive tag, they then get two first round picks from that team. Seems extremely like lopsided. And if you go back to free agency and the franchise tag of why it was created, the original reason was way back in the day with John Elway. And they were the owners were trying to find a way to keep John Elway. And that so he didn't get, you know, he didn't just leave. And so they created this franchise tag. The franchise can tag you and you're going to get paid the uh, what the average of the top five salaries. If you do it two years in a row, because it happened to Curtis Cousins uh, when he was with the Washington football team. And you've got to double it. So I think Kirk got like 22 and then 44 million or something like that. It was it was something crazy. You, the, the percentage goes up and then there's all this math. Either way, the NFLPA had the chance to tear that down and say, you know what? You're no longer going to franchise our players. Either pay them or let them go. And the, and the NFL uh, PA did not fight it. They were like, look, there's so much other stuff we need to worry about in the CPA, CBA. Uh, they're willing to do this. Let's let them keep their franchise tag. Well, now you're seeing why it hurts. Because if Lamar and five teams right away, I, I find it really weird that five teams right away came out and said, we don't want Lamar Jackson. We don't want him. He doesn't have to be a part of our team. Seems a little bit like, I mean, not collusion. I think it's more of, I'm not going to negotiate your quarterback's contract for you so that you can turn around and then match that contract if you so choose and he has to take it. The other option is sit out like he's been doing when he says he's injured and just, you know, you know what, until you guys want to pay me, put me on the team I want to be on, I'm not coming back. But the fact that Daniel Jones got 40 and Lamar Jackson's getting 32, that's the problem with this whole thing. It does not add up. It doesn't make sense. Uh, Lamar Jackson is clearly a better quarterback, a better winner than Daniel Jones. Now, Daniel Jones did beat the Vikings in the playoffs, but that defense was absolutely horrible. 31, 31st in the NFL, so you can't put Daniel Jones on that win versus the Vikings because he also lost to the Vikings. So when you think about that $40 million, then you have Curtis Cousins. You got Kirk Cousins. Where does that put Kirk Cousins? Does he now deserve $42 million? Does he deserve at least $40 million? There's so much to this that now has changed the scope of the quarterbacks. You look at uh, Aaron Rodgers probably going to the Jets. You look at the, the Raiders saying they're not going to go after Lamar Jackson. You got the Packers. No, no idea what they want to do. You know, you see the Saints. They took uh, um, Derek Carr. And so all this quarterback carousel, these dollars, Daniel Jones just kind of set the bar. If all these other quarterbacks look around and say, wait, Daniel Jones got 40 what what about me like why am i getting 30 and i think that's going to be the problem when you when you have a guy like kirk cousins when you have a guy like lamar mm -hmm. jackson uh who, who it's coming i mean justin herbert and, the, and these younger guys joe burrow i'm scared to even think what joe burrow is going to ask for now like it starts at 40 with him you can't go less than 40 for joe burrow unless you do a longer like 300 million dollar type contract like that's the only way you lock them down for seven years or something for $300 million. Like it's going to get crazier and crazier. And Deshaun uh, Watson's 230 guaranteed. I think that kind of put a precedent. And, and the, and the rumor is the Browns owners did that on purpose to force these other owners to have to spend money on their quarterback. So it's happening. These teams are, and, and they're, they're, they're direct. The Browns and the uh, Ravens are direct enemies. So that literally, set their enemy 
into a tailspin. Wait, if Deshaun Watson got 230, Lamar Jackson's like, wait a minute, why am I not getting that? And here we are. They might not have Lamar Jackson next year, but there's teams every day. Teams are dropping like flies. We don't want them. But I don't know, Sam. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, well, it's a it's a tough situation for teams pursuing Lamar because if they do offer him a massive contract and try to outbid the competition, they might end up being stuck with it a huge number, not knowing whether Baltimore is going to match that or not. So you you have to still be sort of cautious in what your offer sheet looks like to him. But I'm looking at the top four average salaries right now uh, at at quarterback. Ron, are any of these teams happy? The Packers and Rodgers, they want him gone. Russell Wilson and the Broncos, they're not happy. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, I don't think they're happy. Deshaun Watson and the Browns, those are the four biggest quarterback contracts on average. I don't think any of those franchises are are pumped about it. So there is sort of a cautiousness about these big quarterback deals, Ron, because it's okay if your quarterback like plays well and leads your team to, to wins, Like you can stomach paying a huge number. But if you pay a huge number and your quarterback is a liability in some way, then you're really messed up as a franchise. Yeah, because when you look at Patrick Mahomes, that's the next one up there. The Chiefs, they're happy. The Bills with Josh Allen, they're next. They're happy. I think the Rams are happy with Stafford. They know what they, they got. Yeah, yeah. I think Dak Prescott uh, and the and the Cowboys. That one is up for 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 thought. Then you got Daniel Jones. Then you got Derek Carr, which are two new contracts. Uh, I, I think both of those teams right now are happy. This is early in the Giants, Daniel Jones marriage. So I'm guessing you got Kirk Cousins, the Vikings. That's a question mark. Jared Goff and the Lions. That's another question mark. And then you got Lamar Jackson. And, and that's where you go. And then the Colts are probably going to not probably they're going to draft a quarterback in the first round. Uh, it just depends on if they decide to jump and go get that first pick because they know which guy they want or they're going to wait and go to four and just see who falls to them. Uh, that's that's going to be up to them. And, and, and then you look at the Titans. Who knows? You look at the Buccaneers, definitely in the quarterback market. You got Tom Brady maybe coming back to the Miami Dolphins. Who knows with them? Because if they know two and these maybe a year off with that concussion, Tom Brady to the Dolphins doesn't seem like a bad idea. But for the Vikings fans, you can't get mad anymore about Kirk Cousins getting 35 million because Daniel Jones got 40. So shut up. Um, <laughs> when you think about this game today and you got the Gophers playing the Nebraska Cornhuskers really quick before we jump over, we got Joker Phillips about to join us. Uh, coach for the Browns so he can Tell us a little bit about NFL receivers, as we said, with Justin Jefferson and and, and some of these new releases. Uh, as a coach, you know, I talked to Reggie Wayne as well, and uh, I got Reggie Wayne's take on receivers. I want to hear Joker Phillips' thoughts on that, and he's coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show on the Hanging Ron Johnson segment. But really quick, Sam, Gophers playing Nebraska. They are the worst team in the Big Ten. Lindsey Whalen already stepped down. If Ben Johnson puts up a fight like he did against the Badgers, he beat Rutgers, as we saw in the last shot by uh, – uh, Dawson, now Darcy Garcia is over to uh, what's his name? Jamison uh, Battle. Jamison Battle. If he puts up a fight or even beats Nebraska, upsets Nebraska, I think he's fine. If he puts up a fight, I think he's fine. With these young players, if they get beat by 30, do you still feel like they're going to walk off the court and Mark Coyle is going to be okay with that situation? Yeah, I actually do. I think that I think that Coyle has to see the bigger picture here. Um, if they win one game in the Big Ten tournament, two games in the Big Ten tournament, shy shy of winning the whole thing, is it really going to change what this season was? I mean, it, it was kind of a lost season. Uh, whether your win total is eight, nine, or ten, I think that you look at it on it as a whole, 
and say, all right, how did we do this season? Did we make progress? I don't know if the answer is yes to that, but you also have a freshman class that you're excited about, and you still have at least one exciting recruit, even though you lost Dennis Evans. I, I think that this is sort of just a, a chance to build chemistry experience for the young guys. I don't think it affects Ben Johnson's job security, in my opinion. Well, we got Joker Phillips coming up next in the Hanging Ron Johnson segment. And remember, Locked On Sports Minnesota is a proud partner with Care 11, your local NBC in Minneapolis. Check out care11.com backslash locked on for links to every one of our locked on shows. We have a word from our sponsors. Let me tell you about fanduel.com slash locked on. That's where you go to get in on the action with America's number one sports book and the official sports book partner of Locked On. New customers can claim a no-sweat first bet. Just uh, go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On, sign up, and you can get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Use the super easy FanDuel app. Download it on your phone. You can get paid instantly after you win, and you can stack your bets in the same game parlay for some big, massive payouts. FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Get that no-sweat first bet and get in the action today. As the NBA comes down the stretch, NHL and March Madness is upon us. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Well, coming up on the Hangover Ron Johnson segment, as promised, I got Joker Phillips. He was my coach at the University of Minnesota. He left me. We'll talk about that. He left me, went on uh, to do bigger things, went to Notre Dame, went on to uh, be the head coach at Kentucky. Um, and then he ended up in the NFL with the Browns, and now he's the receivers coach for NC State. Uh, which is kind of weird too, because I remember we played NC State back with uh Phillip Rivers. But I want to thank Joker Phillips for joining me on the Hanging Around Johnson show. Uh, Josiah as, as Elvin Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joker, man, I, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, when, when you think about uh, your, your coaching career, and let's just start back. Uh, to, to, you know, going, coming to Minnesota, going on to Kentucky, you played football at Kentucky as well. Uh, what, what kind of told you early on that, you know, you wanted to be a coach? Well, I was, uh, growing up, I was always the, 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 uh, point guard. I was always the catcher. I was always the quarterback. I'm just kind of like the, the coach on the field, coach on the court, coach on the diamond. So I knew at an early age and coaches had raised me, you know, my dad passed away when I was nine years old. Um, so I'd been raised by coaches and I just felt like, I mean, I'd, I'd been a coach in every sport that I played. So, um, knew at an early age that I wanted to coach and started trying to put together philosophy as I, I was starting to end my career in college and in, in a little cup of coffee, um, in the NFL, I started trying to build a philosophy that I wanted to, to, to have as a receiver coach. Yeah, man, you can't hoop, man. What are you talking about points? Like? <laughs> hey, Kentucky got better at. Better is better than freaking better known than Detroit as freaking uh, <laughs> uh, as basketball. <laughs> man, Kentucky the college baby, hey, and I would tell Jalen Rose that too. <laughs> so you're telling me, so Jalen Rose, Chris Weber. I mean, you got Javen Hunter, you got Shane Battier. Like, yeah. come on, man, Detroit hey, is Kentucky definitely. Has, hey, you look through every roster now. Where they 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 came through Kentucky. You have to drink the Kentucky water. To be able to put the ball in the basket, so man, that's because Kentucky be out there recruiting <laughs> kids at, at birth, trying to give them the move to Kentucky. 
Right. Rondo, hey, <laughs> give us Rondo. All right. He's got a few championships. I give you that. I give you that. So, you know, yeah. thinking about that, though, as a coach, like you've had some tough decisions to make as a coach, uh, you know, whether it's staying at a program, leaving to take another job, making a lateral move. Uh, you know, what all goes into that mindset, you know, when you're sitting down, uh, you know, with a coach, let's just say Notre Dame is calling you, you're already at Minnesota. And, you know, what goes through your mind as you're kind of playing that out? And I will say to people, like, the first I remember, like, I remember, and I probably was, I was a little drunk. I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, a little, uh, a little. <laughs> I was a little drunk and all of a sudden yeah. I get a knock at my door. Joker Phillips is at the door and I'm like, this can't be good. I'm like, why is he at my house this early in the morning? We was partying the night before myself, my roommate, Jermaine Mays, uh, who played receiver as well. Anton, Antoine Burns had walked over because he lived right down the hall. And Joker kind of gave us a heads up of what was going to happen. He didn't want us to hear it from Mason or from the news or, you know, that he was moving on. And I'm not going to lie. It, it, it was tough. It was it, like I feel like I got the best I'd ever gotten from freshmen because, I mean, I had Vic Adamley as a freshman who was a running backs coach. He didn't know how to teach receivers. And then I get Joker Phillips for two years. I'm like, oh, man, I got this. And then Joker dips. Uh, but, yeah, man, like going through that, what what was that like, that that process of just when coaches have to move? Because a lot of people just assume, oh, you're going to get – more money here. You're going to be a millionaire head coach. It's easy to just move on. But but what's that decision like? Well, um, around 93, 94, I had a chance to, uh, with Coach Wacker to come to Minnesota and uh, flew up, interviewed, got offered a job. But it just wasn't the time for me. I was at Kentucky at the time, a uh, young coach. I felt like, uh, you know, you, you know, I put family first at that point, you know. And, and I just feel like it's time for me to, at that time for me to stay at Kentucky. And then, you know, fast forward, I had been to Cincinnati and Minnesota um, uh, gives me a call and I have a chance to co come and interview with Coach Mason. Uh, I thought the, um, I thought, you know, y'all was ready. Y'all, I thought you guys were ready to win. Had beaten Michigan State, I think, uh, in, a, mm -hmm. in a big game that year. I thought you had some good young receivers. Um, and I uh, really like Coach Loney and some of the stuff that he was doing. And me and Tony Peterson came in together, who he was a GA for us at Kentucky. So I just thought it was time for me to continue to build my resume, you know, and, and go into the Big Ten. And and then had you guys for two years, and we had one, I think, eight and then six maybe. I think mm -hmm. we might have been six and six and lost a tough game to, to NC State. Who I, a bunch of guys walking around the building. Uh, a bunch of, bunch of guys that Coach uh, Dorn has hired that was on that team. And I think we was up 24 to 9 uh, to a Phillip Rivers, uh, oh, yeah. uh, a freshman Phillip Rivers team. And the, and a suspended uh, Corn Robertson. Yep. Uh, and at halftime, they inserted Corn Robertson and they come back and beat us. So I have to hear it when the lumps come back, you know, and we talk about that. You know, I said, you guys didn't beat us. Corn Robertson beat us. So Corner uh, Robinson beat us and Glenn Mason beat us because <laughs> we were we were up like yeah like 24 to something you're right I had like two catches for 85 yards in the first half second half didn't touch the ball and we ran I think Tellus Redman had like a record 46 carries or something like I'm like why are we trying to slow this game down like we could kill yeah. these guys and we're just let we're playing right into their hand and yeah you're right Corner Robinson punt return yeah, punt deep return. ball on Andre Brown. Yeah. Like he, yeah. I mean, this was before the Moss was created, so he mossed Andre Brown. Like, 
Yeah, we we got beat. Karan Riley's in the, at halftime texting his agent, talking about where he about to get drafted. Like we was, yeah. we were all, and and Miami was the last place you want to take half them guys to. Like nah, it was, yeah, just, we had a bunch of Miami guys on our team, you know, if you can remember. So, but yeah, you know, so we lose that game, and you know, in Notre Dame, it just come off a a um, eleven and one season, but I also got a chance the the night before I accepted the job to watch them. Uh, play against Oregon State, and it was ugly, you know. And so you some, there was some doubts, but again, continue to try to, you know, to to build a resume. And, and you know, Notre Dame, you know, had um, you know a, a huge name, but in in essence, I thought when I got there, we were deeper at receiver at at uh, Minnesota than we were at at, at Notre Dame. I had Javen Hunter. I had. Uh, uh, David Givens. Yep. Uh, I had our uh, Arnez Battle. Mm-hmm. Had those those three guys. But after that, it was it, it, the, it, the well was dry. So, and no 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 offense to those guys. I just thought we were deeper at uh, at Minnesota. And I think you guys struggled the next year, the year I left. But I think they got it back going the next year, the next year after that. But hey, enjoyed coaching you guys. But it was just you know again, I. When the kid's ready to go in his third year to the NFL and and, and and try to better himself, I'm hey, all power's doing, you know. And I just thought it was time for me to go at that time also. So Yeah, no, and I totally agree with that. I will say, yeah, it was your fault. Cause if you were still there, we'd have threw the ball a little bit more. Uh I went from like twelve hundred yards as a junior to nine hundred yards as a senior. Like, how does that happen? Well, yeah. does your receivers coach leave? The new receivers coach yeah. doesn't really fight for you. And so, you know, it, it is what it is. We, we, Marion Barber was inserted. And, you know, that's when the Lawrence yeah. Maroney, Marion Barber era started happening and started passing. I will say, I just had Javen Hunter on the show because uh, his son, Jay Nivey, is now in the NBA. And, and he did mention that, that all Notre Dame did was run the ball. Like, right. so, yeah, it was mm-hmm. tough for them to recruit receivers. He, mm-hmm. like, every year they had like one guy, and that was really right. it. Uh, now it's kind of changed, but it's still been the same. Michael Floyd's been the one here and there. You know, it's like it's been here and there. It's been one or two guys like Notre Dame for some reason. It's always about the Jerome Bettises and the running backs. Um, but when you became a head coach, you went to Kentucky, became a head coach, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that was your alma mater. Like what what did that like what sense of pride or how did that feel getting called back by your alma mater to come be the head coach? Well, I mean, it was it was a. Uh, uh... Warmed my heart, you know. I, you know, being the second black head coach in the SEC uh, behind uh, Sylvester Croom, and, and being being able to do it uh, in front of uh, in my home state, uh, but it warmed my heart. You know, one of the things that I'd like to have done. You know, I went. I really never, really never thought about being a coordinator. You know, yeah. I never really did. You know, because when I started off in the business, there was no coordinators that looked like me. You know, and then as we went on. You start seeing a couple, and then I became a coordinator, and we did did well. And I had and I, I, so I really so when you was when I was young in the business, I really never been thought about being a coordinator. So therefore, I never thought about being a head coach. Okay, but once you became a coordinator and we had success in the SEC, then you thought about being a being a head coach, but never thought about it being at my alma mater as fast as it happened. Um, the only thing regrets that I would, would would have in it is I never I didn't really get to to hire my staff. I got, mm-hmm. I, I inherited a staff and I think that's tough on any coach. I saw Brett Blema, uh, in, in uh, take over the, uh, Wisconsin job. And, you know, he had a huge change in staff and I really couldn't understand it at the time because mm-hmm. they, they had built, I mean, 
um, they had built a really strong program and he blows it up and starts over and, and continue to win. And I think that's, that's the thing that, that I wish I would have had a chance to do. So, but enjoyed being a head coach, uh, you know, but one of the things about being a head coach, you don't have his hands on with those receivers in the room with them day to day. Right. You're really not out there, you know, watch, you're not really not out and, you know, you're not a foot soldier in recruiting also. You know, so it's hard to go out there and evaluate receivers. You got to trust the other guys that they're, they're on the staff. So, yeah, looking at the NFL, so not you know, like I said, you were at Maryland, uh, and, then, and then you went on to uh, NC State. But looking at the NFL scouts, because when they come in now, receivers in the NFL are a high premium. Uh, a lot of teams are stacking five, six receivers. I mean, the Vikings one week I think went active with six or seven receivers. So it's it's becoming a more of a passing league. Uh, running backs are becoming, you know, far and few between where they're getting paid tons of money. Uh, you know, it's a handful of teams that keep that top running back. And now that receivers are a high premium, uh, when you think about, you know, your room and scouts coming in there, uh, what are some of the things you try to impart on your athletes knowing what the NFL is looking for? First of all, it's character, how you handle yourself. You know, I mean, one of the things you guys did in that room that I had is everybody carried themselves well. They understood how to talk football, you know. So many times when I inherit uh, a receiver room, they don't know how to talk football. They don't know. I always say, you know, I want my kids to understand what's about to happen, you know. So if they see, see you know, coverages, they, they know what's about to happen before it happens. Therefore, you're able to play faster, you know. Um, you know, when you go to the combine, you know, um, I forget what they call this, the uh, train station. When they go to the yeah. train station at the combine, you know, I, um, take over the conversations. Don't allow them to ask the questions. Hey, ask these scouts questions that might throw them off. Hey, do y'all, are y'all a zone scheme or a gap scheme running, running game? Half of the scouts couldn't answer that. All right, so <laughs> now they couldn't. They could not ask, answer that. All right, are y'all a vertical passing team or are you guys a, a more possession pass? They don't understand that, you know. Right. So I think I, I want my kids to take over the conversations, take over, especially when you're talking football. Okay, allow them to answer the personal questions, but stun them. Okay, stun them when you ask the football question. Because trust me, half of the NFL scouts they, they don't understand schemes and don't understand how to talk football. They just judging that talent. Yeah, and looking at the uh, the 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 question and answer part of it, and then you got like you said the talent part of it. And I've had this conversation with a few coaches now. Like it's kind of I've been intrigued by this because I get a chance to watch Justin Jefferson every week. And when you watch his releases, you know, it, it's 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 rare. It's not normal what he right. does. You know, he he sashays off the line, if you want to call it. He he sidesteps, backsteps, crossover, and somehow he's still getting down the field, uh, whether it's fear in the DBs. And so they're just they're just scared to quick jam them. I don't know what it is. Um, but when you have receivers, because now it's social media, it's Instagram, it's all this stuff of guys watching guys. How do you make sure you teach your receivers like, hey, you can do this. The rest of y'all can't do this. Like, how how is that battle yeah. uh, when you talk about guys trying to dance? Because I remember with you, like, that was the one thing you taught us right away is, like, eat up that cushion, get into their body, create the contact if you're strong enough to do it. And, and that's how I played my game, physical, strong. I wanted to eat that cushion up. I wanted to get them into my body because I knew I could throw them out the way. But when you got guys that see Justin Jefferson and they try the Justin Jefferson stuff and it doesn't work, uh, or it works one time, how how do you coach through that? 
Well, I mean, it's been a struggle, Ron. I'll say that uh, for me. <laughs> I'm still an old school uh, route runner that I really believe. But now again, you talked about Moss. You was mossing people by get, when when they have to fight through a big body like yours and like some of these other receivers we see. I get into him. Guys don't want to touch because if I'm into him, I know where he's at. Right. Okay. If I'm not into him, I'm away from him. I don't have a clue where he's at. So we try to still get in, get into people, eat up his cushion, like you said, and body him up. All right. And, you know, it's turned into a, what they call, we didn't call it contested catches when you, you, but you probably led the nation in contested catches, in my opinion, you know, just because you're so big and so physical and, I made your ass block. <laughs> so they didn't know if they was getting ready to get the route ran on them or you was getting ready to can, uh, burp them because you was you would do that. I, you know, you would do that. So, But I struggle with some of the crossover, Allen, Allen Iverson moves at the, yeah. at the bottom of the skin, at the bottom of their stem. Uh, reason why, you got a quarterback back there just, just like, go, 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 go. So we wanted to, you know, to – to uh, eat up their cushion and get going because, you know, you knew if, if you wasted time, Billy Cockerham was going to run the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I will say the blocking, I met a guy from Illinois. I don't know if you remember this kid. I broke his leg. We were playing him, and I I, I tried to cut block him because you used to make us like we yes, made a DB yes. touch the ground. We got extra, we got extra grade. We got graded higher. Right. And uh, the turf grabbed his foot as I'm trying to cut him. Right. Broke his leg. I end up running into him in a hotel because of his wife runs track, and of course my wife ran track. Right. And I felt so bad too because I'm like, he's like, yeah, man, like because his, his wife knew my name, and so she's like, oh wait, my husband talks about you. Like you broke his leg. And I was like, what? I you were here. You were here. You were no here. No joke. No joke. I told. That's what I told. I said, hey, you can blame Joker Phillips. I was like, if you ever see Joker Phillips, I was like, blame right. Joker Phillips because he had us cut blocking on the backside yeah. of plays. Get yes. that DB down because, and so a lot of people don't understand this, because if that running back shoots out the back end, the only person that can make that play is the backside DB a lot of times. And so if you get him right. down, it's a touchdown. And that's why Tellus had so many long runs. That's why yes. Marion Barber had like 800 yards as a freshman because he was, you know, he was untouched. He had one person to deal, which was a safety. And so, and we did carry that on when you were gone. Me, Elvin, Mays, mm -hmm. Twan, you know, like that was our thing. We taught, you know, Eric Decker, guys later they had that same mentality of like, get the guy to the ground. Because after you, honestly, there was no really receivers coach. It was Rich Wilson for a little bit. And then it was Luke Tressel. Rich Wilson was a receivers coach, but Luke Tressel was not. You know, I think Mason just kind of put him in there because he's like, look, I can control this kid. I'm going to make him the receivers coach. Mm -hmm. And so those guys actually like Decker, uh, Tyler, well, Tyler Johnson was a different group, but Decker and some of those guys, they would still, uh, Logan Payne, they would reach out to me. Like, hey, man, what what was what TP talking about with Joker Phillips? And what do you, you know? And so, you know, your, 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 your teaching still lived on. And so that's why I bring that up with Reggie Wayne. I asked him about that. Cause I'm like, cause they were playing the, the bike. Cause I'm like, how many guys try this Justin Jefferson crap? He's like, man, I tell those guys don't do that. Cause it doesn't yeah. work. You gotta be a special kid to have that body control <clears throat> and that ability. Um, but when, when you and, look and at, he is, the, he is elite. There's a couple of elite guys that can do that. And he's one of them. I was going to say, because when you're, because I know when you coached us, you would show us NFL film, you would show us different route runners. When you show a guy like Justin Jefferson, what are you breaking down for your receivers to show them what he does well? Well, I'll show him what, how he attacks the football when the ball's in the air. I mean, he, that guy believes every ball that goes in the air is his, you know, and then his run after catch. 
is Reynolds catch. And again, we I know I'm not sure if I had it when you were uh, you were there and um, when, when I coached you, but I came up with this acronym called catch. Okay, C meant confidence, self confident. One of the things that you see in so many receivers, you better be better be confident and you know, accountable, tough, uh, be able to communicate, and then be healthy. You know, uh, those that, that came up with that, and I want my guys to be confident first. And I think that's what you see in this Jefferson kid, man. He's and when the ball's in the air, it's his. You know, and I think quarterback his quarterback is now. You know, again with all those moves, your quarterback has to have trust in you. Mm-hmm. He has to because if he gets stuck over there, that's the only place he can go. So he trusts that guy at the top of his stem. Okay, so because if he's playing around at the bottom of his stem, sometimes he has to cut routes off short. Or the quarterback will be on his back. But yeah, I, and I'll, I'll say this in the blocking game, you know, that, 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 that you know, that the reason why those guys run for all those yards is like what you said. We tried to freaking maul down the backside, and I say we bowl a, you want to, we want to bowl. Sometimes you can bowl a strike. We've seen some quarters coverage where we would go in and dig out safeties and all those things. And, oh, yeah. And the corner would come with us. That's bowling a strike. But sometimes uh, the running back had to pick up the spare. Yep. Is what I call it. Well, we would block one. Now the safety's his, and our backs were good enough to make those guys miss and pick up the spare for us. And and uh, and we we rush rush for a lot of yards. With all that rushing, gave us a chance to throw quick game to you. And every time we got on the every time we got in the red zone, we threw a fade to you because they talked the run, <laughs> run game and they had to pack the box because the run game. And then for some reason. We decided to say, okay, let's give Ron the option and tell us what he wants. So I'm like, oh, why would we do this? You know? <laughs> and I thought you would run a fade every time, but you would sometimes run a slant and you would just give us the signal, like, oh, here it goes. And you're going to run a slant. And, and because you had ran so many fades and got your big ass body on people, they ran to the fade, you ran to the slant. <laughs> Touchdown. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the one thing I used to tell, I tell kids now. I'm like, you know, blocking is a way to set up routes especially in the red zone yes. because you can mess around and like fade release see how they do and the minute you fake look up they look up you mash them you hit them because they're right. not paying they're, they're thinking the ball's coming and you right. play that game but you also got to know you got to keep your head on the swivel because if you get him he's gonna try to hit oh, you and shit. so it's just a game you play the entire game and then you're right when it's time to get down there you look at his feet you see what you get you give him the signal hey if, okay. if he's shading i can see he's gonna force me to the fade and he wants to run me to the fade, so I'm gonna run a slant because I'm gonna make him think I got you where I'm going. Boom! I'm gonna smack the back of him and come up under him. And I know some of the stuff now might get called because I used to grab the back of that jersey and pull a little bit. But you know, yeah. if you do it quick enough and you get that guy by, it's a touchdown. And so uh, another quick one before we jump into the daily three—that's three questions, three minutes each. Myself, Sam, and Joker are gonna jump into that. Uh, but but you said something that made me think uh, when you were talking about. Uh, the players in, in struggles. Another one I've, I've heard is NIL. And we know in every school it's different. Uh, you talked about transfer portal. Um, you know, how, how does that conversation come into play now uh, when you have recruits even asking you that about like, what's the NIL look like around there? Or when you have a guy on your team bringing it up, like, do you guys tell the players like, Hey, if you have it, keep it to yourself. Cause we don't want other players to be bothered by it. Or, you know, or do you just kind of say, Hey, it's the wild, wild west. They're gonna do what they're gonna do. Yeah, you know, you know, from our neighborhoods, you never tell anybody about your money. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so we try to tell them keep it to yourself. It's not, it's you know, but we know it's 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 live here and live mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, we have a, 
a really good collective here that's you know, taking care of our players. Uh, we try to do a good job of taking care of the players in-house first. I think that's where, that's where a, a lot of, you know, families, and this is a family, get they get divided when, you know, you're taking care of outsiders and not taking care of the guys that are, are, are already in-house. So yeah. we take care of every one of our players that has a, a mouth. Right, and then uh, obviously the the quarterbacks and the big name players they're going you know they are able to uh to get more okay uh just because of their uh name and likeness but um but we you know we do handle it all right and in recruiting i don't i don't even touch it you know the conversation comes up hey we do have a collective um uh we are taking care of everybody on our team okay you play well you get more uh, right and then the transfer portal you know one of the things I have really gotten into, I want to develop my own. I want to grow my own, you know? Right. Uh, and people say, okay, what happens? You grow this guy to be a, a second round draft pick and he's got another year. And he doesn't want to go to NFL and he wants to transfer. So be it. I want to grow. I'll grow. Find another. I got the next guy in line, right. you know, ready to grow him also. Uh, and, and it comes down to relationship. He feels like, Hey, you are going to be the one to get him uh, better. Okay. Then hey, I'm gonna stay with this guy because I've learned so much from him, learned so much ball. So it comes down to relationship. But I personally want to grow my own portal. I, I don't, you know, you don't know what you get. It's like Christmas. I don't have a clue what you're getting unless I have put my hands on him at a camp, you know, and work with him a little bit at a camp. I would know what I'm getting. All right. I can tell you this: if we had transfer portal or NIL uh, when I left Minnesota to come to Notre Dame. I would have been calling your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie would have been. Jamie would have been so pissed off about that. I would have. I would have probably yeah. done it though. I'd have, that'd have got me closer hey, to Detroit. I probably would. I probably would have done it. Probably my ass. Your ass would have been there. I'd have freaking grabbed you up out of that bed that you was drunk and put because <laughs> you was hungover. I would have put you in the car with the drove to freaking South Bend. <laughs> <laughs> we got the daily three. We got the daily three coming up next. That's myself, Joker, and uh, Sam. Sam's gonna throw some questions at us. We got three minutes to answer them. But uh, I want you guys to remember: Hey, check out the Minnesota football party four days a week from Monday to Thursday. Get your Vikings fixed with the Reefasan, Luke Inman, Luke Braun, and Sam Ekstrom on Locked On Sports Minnesota. And we have a word from our sponsors. Before we get to the daily three with Joker Phillips, let me tell you about Built. Bar. We love built bars around here because they are a delicious treat without the fat and calories. And they are so easy to attain now because you can get them in store at Walmart or at Sam's Club. Go to the pharmacy section and get these protein bars that are covered in 100% real chocolate. The flavors are delectable peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond, brownie batter, churro. And they've got 17 grams of protein that they somehow miraculously pack in there. Get the four-bar box, get the 13-bar box, get them at Walmart, Sam's Club, or if you want to order, go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN15. Built Bars, they get it right every time. We love them. Load up on some Built Bars today. Well, now it's time for the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. All right, Joker, you're uh, an experienced wide receivers coach. I'm curious, what is the, the main technique when you're getting these young guys into your program What's the thing that is the most challenging to coach young receivers to pick up? Well, probably press beat press coverage, uh, releases. You know, um, you know, so much press coverage nowadays in college football and pro football that you know, you know, and 
DBs are able to hold. They hold. That's the first thing they talk. Uh, I think <laughs> when, when they come out, when they uh, are first born, that's the first thing they teach is how to hold a bottle. And that's, that's what they're going to do. They're going to hold the receivers also. So just getting off press covers is probably the toughest. Yeah, and I'd say I agree with that. Um, and I'd say NFL to college is so different too because if, if – correct me if I'm wrong, Joker – they get to hold within that five yards pretty much. Like if they engage them within five, they can hold on to them in the NFL. It's quick jam and then you got to let them go. Um, so even that, like how do you teach your guys to just keep fighting through? Because once you, you know, you got to get to that five yard mark before you can, you know, kind of yeah. get to your full sprint. Yeah. Well, again, you got to be physical. I mean, you got to be physical and you got to set up routes also. I mean, I, like we just said, you would set up the fade, run the slant. Okay. If you would set up the slant and then you would run the fade. So you got to move, move guys' feet. If you don't move their feet, okay, they're able to grab you. If I move his feet certain a certain uh, uh, length, then I got a chance to get a free release, okay. So that's the good thing that you did. That you you wasn't real fast. We'll say that <laughs> you were physical. You were physical, and you had really good feet to to you did a good job of activating your feet at the snap and not doing the Allen Allen crossover or Kobe Bryant crossover. You'd have short strides, and you would stick guys, and they would you would do a good job of selling slant or selling fade. So. That's what I got to get young receivers to do. The move. I will speed. say chest over knees, knees over toes. Even when I got to the coach and I was coaching because uh, Reggie Wayne bought that up, that, that that's the first thing I started telling guys. I'm like, there's an easy way to remember chest over knees, knees over toes. You'll never slip. And wow. uh, Reggie says to this day, he still teaches that way uh, wow. because every coach has a different term. And when I said it that way, like Pierre Garçon said, he's like, oh, man, that made total sense. Like, I got it. And Pierre Garçon right. became one of the, you know, a good receiver in the NFL. Uh, but also my short shuttle. I wasn't – I ran like a 4 or five, nine yeah. in the 4 mm -hmm. or five, 5 But my short shuttle was a 4.02. Somebody right. uh, posted that on Twitter that I had the fastest short shuttle that year for receivers in the 2002 draft class, 4.02. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out. But shouts out to your uh the guy your trainer for the for the combine. Here's the reason why, because he did a great job of manufacturing a four nine for you. <laughs> a four five four five nine. <laughs> he did a great job. Four five nine, four five five. That was my two times. Teach. I was yeah, that's all I had. Yeah. I told they told the scouts told me like, look, if you could just run under four six, you're good. I was like, all right, yep. let's let's yep. do that. And yep. I got under four six. So I was that's yep. that's all that mattered. Uh, what and you got next? Hey, that knees over your toes, that's gets even harder for a big guy. The bigger you are, the harder it is. And, and you did a good job of working that. I can't oh, yeah. remember you ever slipping in the game. I can't. Yeah, no, Clyde Christensen, uh, one of the drills he had the guys start off with the coach when I got there was they had to put their hand on the little cone, like the littlest cones. You put them down, they put their hand on it. So they're acting like they're at the top of the route. So right. whatever you got to do to get comfortable to be able to touch that cone, line up like that, and then he clap his hand, they got to come back out and run a comeback. And so that right. was teaching the guys, that's how low I want you to feel like you're getting in your comebacks to come back. Because if you're up high, you're going to slip. If you're up high, that DB is going to pull you. So you got to get that chest down. You got to get those, knee, you know, sink at the hips. And, uh, yeah, that, and Reggie said he's still, like his practices, he, said he still starts practice that's with that great. same drill. So, yeah, it's – it's there's still some old school out there, you know. Like yes, I said, there's only is. so many. Yeah. There's only so many Justin Jeffersons in this world. So, Good. what you got? So next? many, so many route doctors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I could listen to you guys go back and forth on this all day, but question number two, Joker, you've coached at the college level, coached at the NFL level. Mm -hmm. uh, which of those two roles is the more demanding position for the coach? Uh, there's no question. The college levels, you got recruiting, you got. Uh, 
you got uh, academics, you know, uh, which one of the things I didn't have to deal with with this guy was <laughs> was uh, he did go to class and did take care of business, you know, but most of the time you inherit a receiver room, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a struggle, but Ron had uh, been raised the right way and, and did a good job and was, was, uh, was into his academics also, so we had no problem, but you got, you got recruiting, you got academics, you got football. Now you got social media for those guys. It's, it's a lot of stuff, to, a lot of demands that comes with it, you know. And then now you add in the portal, you add in the NIL stuff. Uh, it becomes a, a really challenging job at this level. I definitely say college as well. I've heard some stories. I talked to Matt Simon with the Gophers. Again, I talked to Reggie uh, recently. I talked to Chris. Uh, he was on our show, Sam. I forgot his name. Uh, for the Redskins. Or, sorry, Commanders. Uh, uh, he's Chris now with Harris? The Chris Harris, you know, the DB coach. And so just talking to those guys about the NFL version versus the college, it's lights out. College is harder. I mean, you got not only that, you got like I like I remember Reggie Wayne told me one day, like, hey, this week in practice, just tell me when I look tired. That was it. Like I just had to tell him when he looked tired because <laughs> he knew when he's tired, his routes suck. So he's like, dude, just let me know when I look tired. I'll tap out, get somebody in for me in practice because clearly like either one i don't know if he was partying that week or what he had going on but that was that was what he told me hey keep an eye when i look tired get me out of there but college i mean you got parties you got dudes drinking you got i mean it's it's way too much stuff to worry about and then you're right class like class schedules um it's tough i was gonna say joker do you guys do the morning practice now to make sure the players are up for class or do you still do the two two o'clock three o'clock practices no, we are we are a morning practice team, you know. Okay. Uh, not, you know, it's, it's you know they're they're up for class, but now you got to make sure they're up even for practice, right? <laughs> you know, because you know, our practices are earlier than the class schedules are, right? So you know they got to be in the building at six about six forty five some days. Ooh. So you know, wow. um, and then days will become longer, you know, because with with morning practices, your classes sometimes you have night classes. You know, yeah. But we, but Ron, they have now have online classes also. It's a bunch of those online classes, a bunch of eight week classes where you take a class for eight weeks, and then after eight weeks you don't have a class. You know, you only you down yeah. to two or three classes. So, a lot has changed, man. Clearly, clearly. What's the last one, Sam? Last one. Uh, I noticed Joker on your Wikipedia. Uh, you did a stretch in the CFL. I'd like mm -hmm. to know what was the biggest adjustment going from American football to the CFL. Probably for a receiver would be conditioning. <laughs> I mean, you got you, you you throw it's only three downs, so you're gonna you're gonna throw the ball you know, first and second down, and then if you you know if you complete that, you got to throw the ball. You have very few runs, and then you would have motions that start twenty yards deep, and then you got by the time you get to your route at ten yards, you done ran thirty yards. Then you got to get back in the huddle, then just running off the field. The field's wider, the you know the field's longer. So I think conditioning. You know, I was the, probably the, the biggest adjustment that uh, that a NFL receiver would have to a, to a, N, a CFL receiver. Yeah, I'd but say the same. It's that's that's that movement. I did it for a year, yeah. and that yeah, and my size, like motioning in just to run a shallow, and yeah, it's it's crazy. And then you shift backward, like you start at the line, then all of a sudden a guy comes up, so you're the motion guy. They want you to motion back and then back forward. It's like, come on, man, like this is. <laughs> we're yeah. doing too much but, out here but with that you don't have to teach press covers either because true that's what guys teams, aren't pressing guys yeah. aren't pressing you because you're getting a running start at them you know and then 
But you did have a teammate that played for a long time up there in Arlen Bruce. And I, I think oh, maybe yeah. Jermaine, Jermaine Mays played up there a long time, oh, too. Yeah. So, yeah. So we had some guys on our roster that played played up there also. Oh, yeah. And then and I played with uh, Kenyon Rambo. I played with uh, Reggie Jermaine. So they were mm-hmm. on the Calgary team. And I played Nick Lewis, who played for a long time up there. Henry Burris, the quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, Arlen, Arlen, that was his. I mean, I probably should have known that after that bubble screen against Iowa. Like that right. was uh that was right. one of the uh like craziest yeah. ones ever uh to beat Iowa on like a 89 yard touchdown on a bubble screen. So yeah, yeah. Arlen was built for that league. Like that he owned yeah. it, he loved it, he loved that motion running, and that was his deal. Cause uh when he was mm-hmm. with the 49ers, I remember playing against him and he was a true slot, but they didn't treat right. slots back then like they do now. Yeah. Now they went, you know when he went to Canada, they, they used slots, and that's, that's, yeah. that's what helped him. Yes. Yeah, the NFL was, you know, they were looking for 6'3", six, 6'4", six, back then with Terrell Owens and J.J. Stokes mm-hmm. and, you know, guys like Arlen Bruce. It's like, ah, oh, he's just a slot. And now it's like, man, we need a Tariq Hill. We need a slot. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. the game's evolved. It's changed. Uh, and before we get out of here, Joker, man, uh, I, I want to give you a chance to give your younger self a message because I always do this with the guests. Uh, if you can go back in time, it could be – 10 year old joker it could be joker at kentucky with those terrible hip pads i don't know what you thought you were doing <laughs> hip pads was terrible he tried to show us a highlight oh, tape and elvin jones could not watch the highlight because he's like man what are you doing with your hip pads like <laughs> i had a hip pointer and i had a hip pointer see hey Anybody else had a hip pointer like that, they would have missed every game. I wore, I had to wear them the whole season. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but yeah. So when you think about when you think about your younger self, if you go back in time, mm-hmm. could be you know coaching Joker, could be playing Joker, like ten year old Joker. What's some advice uh, you would give yourself for the future? Yeah, just relax, man. I mean, I don't know if I ever ever relaxed. I was always, you know. You know, trying to, you know, I think the game has changed now that, you know, we, you know, we make it, we make it really tough, you know, mm-hmm. as coaches, you know, back then, I think we, we, we made it way too tough, you know, and we didn't simplify things, didn't rely on just, just coach ball. We tried to try to figure out all these ways of defeating, you know, different coverages and all that. Hey, they can only play a couple of coverages. They're either going to play man or they're going to play zone. You know, and I think I don't think we did enough of, of that. And I don't think I just relax and st- just let the game game come to me, you know. So I would tell me just relax and have fun with the shit sometimes. So <laughs> I'll tell every coach that now. And sometimes after wins, you didn't feel like you won. Right. You know, and you know how hard it is to win games. Yeah. One of the things I pride and one of the things I like about NC State is Dave Dorn's come here and we celebrate three to nothing wins, you know. Uh, just like we would have a, a 45 to nothing win, you know, right. and that sometimes in our careers, we didn't celebrate uh, every win, you know, sometimes wins felt like they were losses. Yeah, no, that's huge. I even think that that goes in life. Sometimes people get promotions or they do something well at work and they just don't feel like it was enough. And so, yeah, they don't, they don't take the time to celebrate. So I, I think that's, that's huge. That's great advice. Uh, but I want to thank you for joining me on the Ron Johnson show, man. I got to definitely get you back couple more times throughout this uh especially once the season starts for sure just check in on you make sure everything's good uh yes. hopefully the gophers play nc state in the bowl game like that yeah that, we, that would we be... thought that we thought that this year you guys drew syracuse and we drew Mar- maryland i was yeah. hoping so yeah i know it's, it's coming hopefully or maybe they need to get a sec acc or big 10 challenge or something at some point like i'm hoping with this new ucla usc 
I hope that happens. And I got to get you back on because, yeah, we got to talk about UCLA and USC. I've asked everybody that, but I don't, you know, we, we, we've gone long enough. But again, I want to appreciate you for, uh, I want to thank you, sorry, for joining me on the Ron Johnson show. And I want everybody to remember you can, if you want endless Vikings talk with local experts, make sure you subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Also, you can subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can find all of our videos, of course, all of our shows on YouTube. You get instant podcasts after every game and the Vikings press conference delivering all the biggest news. Thank you and have a great day.